0: We're starting a, a brand new series called Two Talents." There's some people who seem to have 150 talents. Some people seem to have seven, eight, nine, ten talents, um, and then there's those of us that are in my category where you back up and you say, "I'm okay at a few things," but as far as talents, I think I might have two. Um, uh, I, I want to kind of unpack that thought for us today. Uh, Before I get too deep into it, I want to mention, while I was studying for this series, I came across an All-American Dove Championship competition for armpits. Yes, you heard me, underarms. Somebody won $5,000 for having the most awesome underarms. Are you serious right now? Is this where our world has arrived? See, when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, looking for a girlfriend or or somebody to date me, there were things that I paid attention to. Like, I had, believe it or not, I had hair in those days. And it was curly if I grew it out, it didn't grow down, it grew out. Anybody have hair like that? I, I, uh, it grows out. And uh, it was curly, curly. And the way I used to do it every morning is, is uh, uh, I would I'd get my hair wet, uh, and then I'd take mousse. Do people still use mousse? There's mousse on there? I'd fill it up, and it'd be this big mountain of mousse. And then I'd rub my hands together to where it's dripping on the counter I'd put it in my hair and I'd go just like this and it would go slap 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 slap. it would pop my ears pop 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 and then I take hairnet hairspray anybody use hairnet if you're aquanet aquanet is aquanet still on the market Ma'am, you, if, you if you've never sprayed Aquanet on your hair, you have missed out on an interesting experience. So you spray, and you have to hold your breath. Are you with me? And then you have to step out of the clouds. Are you with me? You can see it. And then you just leave your hair right there, and about three minutes later, you can take your hair and crack it. <laughs> are, you, are you with me? You can just bend it. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You're not missing much. I'm just telling you. You crack your hair. And, uh, and, and I remember paying attention to those things. Uh, now getting ready is a lot easier, obviously. But if, if, if now you're telling me that we have to start paying attention to our underarms, not cool. Not cool. Uh, the, the talents that we leverage in life, uh, that's our best self. This is what we use to attract people to ourselves. Uh, this is what we use to bring value to ourselves. This is what we do to solve problems, and then in exchange, we get paid all of our jobs. The only reason why they exist is because you're solving a problem. Uh, But you use your talents. And uh, and, and when God distributes talents, like uh, when He saw you and He saw me before He ever created the world, and He distributes talents... He distributes them in a sovereign way, but not in an equal way. Two totally different things. Uh, Let's unpack that. Let's go straight to the Word of God, straight to the Bible. Matthew chapter 25. Again, these these notes are, are in the app if you want to read along. Matthew 25 verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. Everybody say five. five. Put, say, go, raise your hand and go five. five. Hey, your underarms are looking good. Didn't you? Five talents. To another two and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16... Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says this, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father of heaven, the Father of lights. So whatever good gift, whatever good talent you have, uh, God gave that to you. You can't brag about it. You can't He gave it to you. Uh, some of you are really good with numbers. When you look at spreadsheets, it, it's like it's like eating candy for you. You just get all excited. And for you I say you're not normal. <laughs> you're not normal. You love graphs. You, you love, we, we've, uh, we've, got, um, uh, we've, we've got Exxon people on our church board. And man, when they look at our financials, it's like they just want to smile and stare. They love just, just different colors on the graphs. And, and it's just confusing to me because, you know, if I were the one making the graph and they make the graph, they got like seven different shades of blue. It's like, no, we get one blue. One red. We don't have to do multiple shades. We don't have to do multiple shades. 17, 17, and it's going all over the place, and when I watch them, they just go, oh, this looks so beautiful. Some of you are just gifted with numbers. Some of you are gifted in critical thinking. You're able to, to look at a situation or read a document or read a book and gather information in a, a succinct manner and come out with a logical wise conclusion. That is a gift. That is a gift. Some of you have a way with words. You're a wordsmith. Maybe it's oral or maybe it's written. But I just want you to know that is a gift. This is a gift that God gave you. Some of you are incredibly detailed. This is a gift, a gift that God gave you. Uh, these are things that the Lord just took them. He designed your eye color. Uh, he, he designed uh, what kind of hair you would have for at least a, a portion of your life. Look at the person next to you and say, is that your natural hair color? Go ahead. I know, it just got awkward. I know, I know. But but the, the, when he designed everything about you, he decided he made his he made your plan first. He made your plan first, and then he said they're going to need some gifts in order to do this plan successfully. And they take the gifts and they they stay, he stuck them in you. But they're all from God. Now what's interesting is these talents, these gifts. Uh, you and I uh, are going to stand before God in heaven, at a throne room, and he's going to want to know, what did you do with these gifts? See, there's, there's two appointments in the throne room of God. Uh, the, the first one is the great white throne judgment, which all of us are going to stand, and God is going to find out, what did you believe while you were here on the earth? What did you believe? Did you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God? If you believed in Him, you have a reservation in heaven. They are expecting you there. And then uh, after that, he says, All the believers, all of you that are in heaven, stop flying around, stop eating, come back into the courtroom. You come back into the courtroom, you stand before God again. This is called the judgment throne of God or the Bema seat. And we stand back in line and he says this, you are in heaven because of what you believe. Now I want to talk about what you did. I want you to get right before me. And and he knows what gifts he gave you. He knows what opportunities he gave you. And now we're going to discuss what did you do with them while you had them. And the big decision is going to be, did you invest them for a temporal satisfaction? Which means you did some things with them that were awesome, that were good, but they didn't translate to eternity. You got to enjoy them while you are here on earth, but after that, they have no value. Or did you have eternity in mind? Did you prioritize what i prioritize and if you did i want to honor you for that we're going to stand before god now what's fascinating is is that if you and i are going to take these gifts and be incredibly productive with them we've got to be able to recognize that though there are two categories on how we invest these gifts there's the temporal and then there is the eternal Does anyone here have any cash on them? We live in a day and age where most of us just carry around credit cards. Raise your hand if you have any cash. Come on, raise it real high. Anyone got cash here? Cash? I see one of our interns has his hand up. I didn't know interns had cash. Come on up here, Spencer. Come on down here. Um, Our interns um, came up here on the stage last Wednesday and preached, and they did a phenomenal job, just a fantastic job. All right, um, I need somebody else. Um, uh, Christian, come on up here real quick, um, and uh, I just want you to, uh, to tell me, um, I've, got, I've got three bills here. I feel like I'm going to do a magic trick, but I've, I've, got, I've got three bills here. How much, how much money do I have here? Million billion dollars. How much? A billion. A billion. I have, I have a billion dollars here, and how much do I have here? A billion that's two billion, and how much? Billion. A billion. I've got, <laughs> I've got three billion dollars here. Do you covet my money? <laughs> if it was real, yeah. <laughs> he said, "If it was real, yes." Yeah, <laughs> All right, uh, Spencer. How much money do you have? Good Lord! Look what he's got! Holy cow! How much money do you have? I thought you were an intern. What are you learning to do? Uh, wait tables. Jeez, what are you selling? Nothing. <laughs> Count it off. Yes! $600? $600! What in the world? First of all, where'd you get $600? You're an intern. Second of all, why are you carrying $600 cash? Anyway, we'll get into it. I'll let you talk to your dad about that. All right. Do you want to trade your $600 for my $3 billion? I've got three billion. You have six hundred. You don't want to trade me? <laughs> Why not? It's fake. This is fake. <laughs> Give these both these guys a big round of applause. You know, I I think having three billion is pretty awesome. Uh, one of my favorite things to do when I go to a restaurant is to throw a billion dollars on the table. Waiter's like, what in the world are you doing? I'm like, heck yeah, there's more where that came from. <laughs> but the reality is, is that it has no value. It has no value at all. It's, 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 it has no value in the real world. It's, it's, what, it's what Christian called fake money. What your talents, your skills... When you stand before God, he's going to say, what, what do you have, and, and, and what did you do with what I gave you? And, and if all we have is, is fake money, we're going to be so disappointed. So we want to, we, we want to figure out today uh, how we can make sure to, to leverage, to, to use it wisely, our, our skills, our talents, but we've got three obstacles that we all have to get over. Um, and the first obstacle is comparison. If you're taking notes, I'd like for you to uh, to, to write this down. Uh, the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. It's the fastest way. I have I have seen more relationships. I have seen more marriages. Destroyed because the husband or the wife starts comparing their spouse to somebody else. I mentioned this last Sunday, I'd never share names, but I was standing in the lobby and somebody came up to me and said, I want you to pray for me. I've known uh, this person and their family for several years. This person said, I want you to pray for me. unless something happens, we're going to have a divorce, and, and if I didn't know them so well, I wouldn't have reacted. I would have responded. You know, the difference of response is more calculated and controlled. A reaction is more emotional, but I reacted. It, it wasn't calculated. It was just, it was all emotion, uh, but I looked at him. I went, No! no, 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 why, no, why? But I know why. I don't even need any other answers. Somebody compared uh, their spouse with someone else or they compared their current situation to where they think their situation could be the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. I've seen people quit jobs. And I say the same thing. I don't say it out loud. It's more in the response category where I just go, okay, I'll be praying for you. And in my head, I'm going, why? It was a great job. Well, I just felt peace about quitting. okay. Do you have another job? No, but I got a good feeling. Okay, feelings don't pay the bills, but hey, you're the boss. Like, why? The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. And, and if we just... Take that scene in the Bible, rewind time and stand there and just check out how it happened. It's mind-blowing. Imagine this Lord having three servants and he says, okay, servant number one, I'm going to give you five talents. One, two, three, four, five. Servant number two, and the servant number two is probably like, man, you just got hooked up. And he stands in line and the, and the guy goes, all right, one, two, three. And the, and the second guy in line's like... All right, next. And then the third guy, he goes, one. Shut your mouth. Are you kidding me right now? The guy with one talent walks off. When the Lord came back and lined up his servants to find out what each of them did, the guy with one talent didn't do anything with his talent at all. He did nothing. The Bible says that he buried it into the ground. Now, when you say buried into the ground, that's either one of two things. Either number one, he ignored it completely. He was so disappointed with it that he ignored it. Or number two, the Bible says that he buried it into the ground. He buried it into the earth. Number two is he took his talent and he used it, but it only had earthly value. He used it to promote himself and to better himself and to strengthen himself here on the earth but he didn't contribute to what his lord felt was important and so the lord stood back and he said "Uh, you're wicked and you're lazy you know it's a it's a fascinating thing when you begin to look at at comparison you begin to look at your talents because for me oftentimes i wrestle with where I want to be with where I am. Do you ever do that? Where I wish I was and where I am. Maybe some of you in this room you imagined making this much money at this stage in life but you're making this much money or you imagined your Christmas photo that you mail out looking like this but it actually looks like that. And then we, we, we back up and we take everybody's Christmas photos and we put them on the refrigerator and, and we take their best. And you know it was their best because they took 700 photos and they picked out their best. <laughs> and they, we take everybody's best and we compare it to our worst. That is so sad. But we back up, but we all want this certain level of success. But here's the thought that we need to entertain. It, it is a scary thing to pursue success so passionately that we may become successful at something that doesn't matter. We shouldn't fear failure, but fear being successful in something that doesn't matter. To back up and get so caught up in comparison, to get so caught up with something that either A, we just freeze and don't do anything at all, or B, we just get self-consumed with it. You know, when I go to Guatemala to go see the orphanage that our church supports, we support over 150 students, kids, children, family. They don't eat unless we send money. You should feel real good about that. But when I show up, I feel like Bill Gates. I feel, I, when I show up, I'm looking at their, their toy box. It's just rocks and sticks. And I'm like, man, I am rich. Then I come back to the woodlands. I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) It's all about comparison. But it can freeze us. Now, here's the interesting thing. Point number two is that there's an obedience factor. There's an obedience obstacle. You and I are not judged by the gifts or talents that we have. We're judged according to how obedient we were with those gifts and talents. Let me use an easy one since um, uh, I'm a a pastor. Let's say, hypothetically, uh, a guy wanted to be a pastor. He loves the ministry. He loves the church. He loves it. And so he's going to jump into it. He's got some skills, he's got some talents, but his original plan when God gave him those skills and gave him those talents, God, his assignment, God made his assignment to be in the business world, making money and being influential as a Christian. That was his plan. But the guy, he wants to be a pastor. And so he's going to jump in, he's going to be a pastor. When he stands before God... He will be judged according to his obedience. Not by the gifts that were given to him. He didn't do anything to earn those gifts. He just was born. Ah, oh, oh Look what I'm good at. Now granted, he, there was a, a crafting of the gift that he already had that does deserve some credit and some applause and a tip of a hat. But when you stand before God, it's the obedience factor. So a person can stand up and say, I was a pastor for you. And God's going to look back and say, but I didn't call you to be a pastor. And so that person, watch this, will only receive a partial reward. Not a full reward. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says this in Second John chapter 1, verse 8. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. If there is a full reward, then clearly there is a partial reward. So when you back up and I back up and we look at our our skills and our talents, we could show up and receive a full reward while somebody else who had more talents than us only receive a partial reward. Because we were obedient, but they were not. Likewise, somebody next in line could receive a full reward and you only receive a partial reward, but you were more talented than, than they were, but you had your own agenda. The kingdom things were not a priority to you. Why am I telling you this? All of us can receive a full reward. When God looked at the man with five talents, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little. Now you're going to be responsible over much for eternity. And in another passage of the scripture, he says, I will make you over ten cities. I don't know what cities look like in heaven, but it'd be pretty cool to be the mayor. Just saying. He gave the same exact reward, the same exact reward to the guy who had two talents. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a little. Now you will be faithful over much. They got the same reward even though they had the same number. They had different amounts of talents because they were equally as obedient. So when you look at somebody down the street or across the sanctuary or in the business world and you go, man, they're so much more talented than I am. That does not mean they're going to receive a greater reward than you. They may be esteemed here but not esteemed there. Kings on earth are servants in heaven, and servants on earth are kings in heaven. It's all about obedience. And then number three, there is the wisdom obstacle. There's this this mindset that backs up and says to yourself, okay, what exactly is a talent? Now, in the Bible, if you look up the word talent, a talent is a measure of money. But if you look at the context... Of the passage we're talking about the things of heaven eternal things and so when you back up and say what exactly is a talent a talent is a skill and an opportunity that you've been given and when you stand before God God will say what did you do with the skills that I gave you and what did you do with the opportunities that you had and Luckily for us, God made it crystal clear what he wants us to do with those skills and those opportunities in order to have an eternal consequence. He says it like this. He says to the pastors, all you pastors, everybody out there, all the pastors, listen to me. Your responsibility, Frankie, Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, this is your responsibility, to equip God's people Watch this. This is where you come in to take your skills and your opportunities. Number one, to do his work. And number two, to build up the church. What is his work? When Jesus was here, what was his work? It was to tell people the good news. And so when you stand before God, God is going to say, I gave you certain skills and I gave you certain opportunities. Did you share The good news. I'm glad you used the skills and opportunities to get a nice car. I smiled when you got that nice car. Did you use your skills and opportunities to get a nice house? I smiled when you got that nice house. And I was so happy that you didn't have to eat rice every day, that you got to have some steak. I I smiled when you ate that steak. But what did you do for... Eternity. Did you share the good news? And we will be judged with that. Did you use your skills, your talents, your opportunities? My wife and I were at uh, our kids' basketball game um, last week, and, and we met another family, and, and we invited them to church. And, and they're coming to the 1130 service today, and I can't wait. I'm all excited. You know, that moment of inviting them to church... There may be a strong possibility that that moment right there will be equivalent to what I'm doing right now. Maybe more important, I don't know. But every single time you invite somebody to church, at that moment, you're using that opportunity. When a thought crosses your mind, I should invite them to church. I should invite them to church. I should. That is a opportunity. What did you do with it? And then number two, the second category, is to build up the church. That means people that are already going to heaven, they already go to church. What do you do with them? And I'll share this last and closing thought. Is, uh and get somebody to come play the keys. Uh, I've talked about this before, but my wife's uh, father died like um, three months ago. And so sometimes uh, she's doing really good, and and sometimes just like right out of nowhere, she'll start crying. It was crazy because we were standing in our driveway playing with our kids last week, and uh, we were all having fun playing and I turn around and, and Allie's crying. And I'm like, what did I do? That's always the first thought that comes to my mind. I'm like, what did I do? Um, and uh, she found her dad's golf clubs. And he loved to play golf. And uh, she opened up the bag, his golf bag, and found his, uh, his sunscreen. And he used to always like bathe the back of his neck before we played around. So when we saw that, that sunscreen, it's just like everything came back to us. And, and she just started crying and like, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, man, I'm so sorry, you know. Sorry. These, th- these moments, we just don't know what to do. And so um, she went to bed that night and she got out on her phone and uh, she was reading Facebook stuff. And all of a sudden an old friend, her name is Megan. We haven't seen her in over a decade, maybe 15 years. This old friend, she posted this long Facebook post. And I looked over and Allie's crying. And she held it and she goes, this is what I needed to read. I needed this. It was so interesting because um, Megan put two books that she was reading. And Allie bought those books on Amazon right away. And and she's just been devouring these two books. And, And it was almost like God saw Allie struggling and grabbed somebody from Rockford, Illinois that we haven't seen in over a decade and took a message and stuck it in her heart And she just started, and all of you guys, and all of us, we've typed things before, and we thought, nobody's ever going to read this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But she did it anyway. And it was exactly what Allie needed to hear. And so when the Bible says to do the work of God, it's sharing the good news, but it also says to build up the body of Christ. And I just want to say, with all the gifts and with all the talents that you have, the people that are already going to heaven, they may be weaker than they look. And I can say this with firsthand experience don't let the suit fool you. The Mazapekas are often weaker than we look. Have you ever been bleeding while leading? Wives, have you ever had a smile while you're hanging on to your marriage? Husbands, have you ever said everything's going to be okay and you don't know if it is? Right about that time is when we need each other to come along next to us and say something or do something or express something. And don't be fooled or distracted by our smile, right? Right? Say something and encourage us. When we stand before God, He'll look at our talents and He'll say, What have you done? And I hope this message encourages you and equips you this morning.